Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. Oh, yeah. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 67. 67. This episode, we'll be reviewing Judas and the, Mas- and the Black Messiah and Malcolm and Marie. How we doing, Tawana? What are we going to sip on today? Uh, today, I found... A new heifer. And oh, is she happy about this heifer, y'all? She's very I, happy about this I've been drinking on this bitch for like a week and a I half. I know. She is excited. Since my birthday, actually. Yeah, you've been filling the refrigerator up with them. Yeah, they're so good. Anyway, you know, I, I love heifers, first of all. But this one is really good. It's a Snyder Weiss, uh, original German heifer bison ale. But it's tap number seven, you know, fresh out of uh, Germany, which is why it's like $4 a bottle. Uh, mm. But it's still tasty. You know, bottle fermented, natural taste, unfiltered wheat, beer. Just how I fucking like it. That's with all that stuff floating in it. It's not stuff floating. It is fermented, Mm. you know, unfiltered wheat. Got it. It's an authentic beer, okay? It has very distinctive taste, okay? And how you pour it is... You pour it like you would do any other beer, tip it, and you get you want a little head. Who doesn't? Um, and then when you get to the bottom of the bottle, you want to swill it and shake it just right. And then pour that onto the top, and it gives you a nice full head, a little banana, a little clove. It's fucking tasty. I've said this a million fucking times. There's no need for me to go so deep into this. Right. If you haven't, try the Hefeweizen. Put down that shitty IPA. And try this one. There's so many IPAs everywhere. It's like, can we get a break? Can we get a break from the IPA? But it's like, it's like how I feel about scotch. They're just painful drinks to me. Like some Mm -hmm. of them, oh okay, and can be a bit citrusy, or a little hoppy, of course, because IPA. But some of them are like drinking acid, and I'm like, why? This is not. Isn't drinking supposed to be a pleasurable thing? I mean, listen, I know some pleasures are a little little painful and that's if that's your jam jam on but try try a good half of license so start with this snyder vice because it's 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 become a favorite and i've been in whole foods way too much to yeah. buy this you've been celebrating it though i've been celebrating it for like two weeks right that's my good, birthday though. was a couple that's weeks good. ago you can celebrate it your yeah it's though. been it's been just a tasty fucking beverage at so least, what do you got at boy? least it's not pumpkin so. oh fuck that i wish i can't wait till that comes back <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you right. got, Vaughn? So what I'm doing today, I'm I'm doing um Willet Bourbon. It's the um pot still reserve. Um they're one of the few independent owned distilleries still left in America today. They're out of uh Barston, uh Kentucky. This this pot still reserve was uh created in uh 2008 and it's a it's it's cool it's got a real cool bottle design that's supposed to be similar to some kind of still and it's from an old design and 
it looks like a genie bottle. And one of my friends today just said it looks kind of like a bong. So, okay, some say genie bottle, some say bong. I'm going to go with it. You can do both. And uh, the notes on this one, it's got that caramely note and a lot of vanilla, spicy, little citrus. Um, in the in reading about it, they kind of char- characterize the notes of having like a, a the smell of a lemon cake. But I'm like, okay, I don't know about this lemon cake thing. But it's definitely caramely. It's definitely caramely, and it's it's definitely got that vanilla hint that most Kentucky bourbons have. So you know, I'm really I'm really enjoying it. And as Tawana, you know, loves her Hefeweizens, I've been watching so many of these distillery shows on uh, Discovery Television where they're making booze. 24-7 and, and how they make the booze and the things that they infuse the booze with so it's really kind of interesting and um but it's good and it's um oh it's 94 proof so if you have a lot of this you're going to be feeling it really quick a lot of it you only need a little bit I'm, um, 94 proof. I'm actually sipping it neat today so i'm not going to be having but so much of it because i don't want to get too rah-rah on the show like i've been known to do i mean but it's been a minute since you since out. I, got real I feel rah-rah. like we exchanged and i want to twist you, back you went you went but it's well, okay i want to switch back it's I'm... all right no i like it when you're rah-rah so mm. this is this is your time right now it's a so lot. let it shine I guess. But uh so like I said it's good. It's 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 reasonably priced. I mean it's about 50 some bucks. You know, for most of these bourbons they're all kind of expensive. I got this as a as a Christmas gift. So I'm I'm really I decided to open it up and enjoy it as we talk about these movies, but um it's good. It's 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 worth trying for sure. It is tasty. Yeah. Throw a little ginger in it. Whatever you like. You could do that. You do a little ginger. It's got that it's got that caramel note-ish mm-hmm. type of deal. Or you could do, you know, you could do a soda. Yeah. I would actually do it with a whiskey sour, too. Whiskey sour, yeah. Yeah, I would do that because I like that little, that citrusy thing. And, and that those rye notes in here would make it taste really good. So, you know, it's yeah. worth trying. We'll have some images of it. Tawana's taking some great shots, and yes, we'll talk about you, it some you. more. So, I think uh, that works. It's worth a try. So on to, do we have movie, do we have industry news? I don't, you know, I, the, I don't know if there I There is not much industry news going on other than the fact that there's a whole bunch of reboots happening and um and we're still in this kind of limbo of the pandemic so nothing's yeah. really changing much so other than all the content that we're able to get right. on HBO, HBO Max, Max and, and Hulu, Hulu and, and Netflix Netflix they're all those just, are the three heavy hitters they're to winning be honest. in the game they're winning in the yeah. game those are the three heavy hitters to be honest so uh, I think that it's thank God we can do this because there's only a few states that are allowing people to actually go to a movie and damn if theater. I go to a movie I barely make it on a two train so <laughs> damn if I go to a fucking movie yeah theater. unfortunately in here in New York it's just not a thing we, got, so. we just got 25% fucking indoor dining we just went to 35% and, by the way oh oh, now it's 35% we acting yeah. like new virgins yes <laughs> really up, new boozed up virgins yes. like we don't know how to act yeah, Tawana and I had to go out last night and enjoy life a little bit in, right. in, inside a restaurant, which inside is something restaurant. we haven't been able to do for quite and some time. And a bar. Right. <laughs> that was esque. A bar with fries. Right. So it's now a restaurant. Right. <laughs> I mean, they had some other shit, but. But yeah, you got to eat something in you order to, to be able to have York, a drink. New York has to be restaurant vibes, otherwise, they're not fucking with you. And we felt far enough away from the other. Oh, we were patrons. completely far from right. all the patrons. <laughs> and then we had shields right. surrounding us right. for occasional sneezes. <laughs> so we, we were fairly safe. Yeah, this this pandemic is, has definitely pushed the 
the button on what you can survive and what you can manage and how your life has to change. We'll we'll bring that up as it relates to one of these movies we're going to talk about today. But um, right. you know, I, I think it's uh it's interesting. But we're we're still surviving. We're still uh, seeing New York shows. Never does. We it, will persevere. It never will, and it's going to be back. So don't worry about that. Um, I I'm also never. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I've also never had such an appreciation for a bartender and a and, I know. A, and a good waiter. I feel like, like we were gonna hug them yesterday. Our waiter last night was so fucking chill. Yeah, he was yeah. like entertaining the room. Yes, because he, I guess he was the only he was the only waiter in the restaurant. Right. But he was doing his due. And the bartender too. She the, was great. Yeah, she was good too. I forgot her name, but I, I think remember. it was Danielle. You? Is you, it? You, I think it's Regina. Something. It, one of those names Regina but either way Matthew was the other everybody one. was very very friendly and we were yeah. we were two minutes from hugging everybody so we really were and then they kinda, gave us free shots to talk about welcome back to right, indoor dining welcome back to indoor Just yes no, no one did the hangover it's those shots that did us in <laughs> it's the shots mm-hmm. that whiskey did us in yes yeah, the shots but it's yeah, fine that's fine it's fine it was it was uh you know training for today so all of you people that are living in places where you actually have a little bit more freedom, enjoy that freedom. But I prefer to stay safe. So I, I'm yeah. enjoying myself in what little form I can do. Yeah. And it's all good. So let's jump into Judas and the Black Messiah. Judas and the Black Messiah, mm-hmm. directed by Shaka King, uh, starring Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Lakeith yes, Stanfield. Got, got to say his name right. <laughs> Now that he let it, everybody know how everybody to pronounce it. Everybody know how to after pronounce 10 it. After ten years, after ten years of lake of Jesse Plemons, um, and the young woman's name is Dominique Fishback, who we knew in um, yes Project Power. Project Power mm-hmm. really, really, really liked her performance. Uh, so anyway, synopsis: Bill O'Neill infiltrates the Black Panther Party. Per FBI agent Mitchell and J. Edgar Hoover. As party chairman, Fred Hampton ascends, falling for a fellow revolutionary en route. A battle wages. Uh, uh, this, this is weird. Why is it written like this? It's like a run on sentence. I'm sorry. Anyway, a battle rages for O'Neill's soul. Mm, yeah, for sure. Uh, essentially, this is about the Judas. And the Black Messiah, Fred Hampton. Right. Um, but we weren't battling for his fucking soul, no. uh, O'Neill, at all. And, and and for me, that was the problem in the storytelling. I didn't feel any kind of, like, I didn't learn any more about him than than I already knew from just hearing about this story. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it, it's... it's when you position a film with a title like Judas and the and the Black Messiah, you actually want to know something about Judas, or at least I did. And I yeah. felt like, okay, it was great. Just call this the Fred Hampton story. This well, they could have did that too. I think I think what what was happening here and what we were talking about earlier is that I think that there's not enough known about Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, as as the end of the film quips, there's a documentary about yes. Uh, Fred and uh, civil rights and all that. Yeah, eyes on the prize. Eyes on the prize. Yes, thank you. Great documentary, by Great the way. Great documentary. Please find that. Um, so eyes on the prize, and Bill has a nice little piece, and they try to get be get him to be like resolute. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they or, wanted to know if he had any kind of remorse or for what anything he did. about you know his part in Fred's murder. Right. Um, 
And he was like, I'm going to let the documentary speak for me. So it seems as if Bill never actually had a stance either way, but one of guilt because, I mean, not spoiling anything, Bill kills himself. Yeah. Um, If you look this up, you know, he committed suicide that night. Yeah, after the the, the night of the documentary era, he he kills himself. And that was about 20 years after Mm -hmm. uh, Fred's murder. So... I mean, Bill might have been holding on to a lot of guilt and holding on to a lot of secrets. And I mean, it appears to be that way in the film as well. Right. We get brief brief instances of his home life. There's nothing of a relationship. There's right. nothing of any sort of friendship. All we know of him is that he seeks to be someone mm-hmm. of clout and he mm-hmm. seeks material possessions in right. a big, big way. Right. And he's being tempted by... <laughs> Just, just the the most minimal of things, you know, like a, a good steak, a cigar here. You know, he's wearing some nice suits and wearing so nice on and suits, so forth. Sitting in a room full of white guys, you all know, smoking uh, cigars, cigars and enjoying and themselves, just doing whatever. But I'm like, well, is this is that is your this motivation? What you, want? Is, you know, is this kind of thing what you want? And I know at you know at some point in the film there was this thing about, well, here's something we're gonna do for you from the FBI. But it's just like, it's just a few gold coins, literally. And I'm like, this literally is literally like Judas, right? So it's just there was there was just nothing. So for me, in watching the movie, I wanted to, I wanted to have some more of an understanding of that man, you know, because we already we we are we're kind of clear on who Fred was. Yes, acted wonderfully by Daniel. D- Daniel, and uh, he's he's come a long way, you know. And he's, Daniel's the shit. He's he, been doing a lot. He's been doing so much work in the last couple of years, from Get Out to Black Queen Panther, and Queen and Slim, you know. And so there's just been a lot of work in his. In his he lexicon. was in Sicario too. I forgot about oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of partner. your favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Widows. He was he right. was a bad guy in Widows. So there've been there've been a lot of things happening for him. He even gained a couple some pounds for oh, this he role. Definitely gained more than a few. Thick. He was thick in this role. He was Fred Hampton all day. But um, you know, I think he, I think he handled it. And what was good, you saw a more of a human side of him because a lot of times when there are these biopic kind of movies, you, they're so almost one dimensional where they're just like, yes, hero villain, hero villain. You know, this is in this tragic because it's such a tragedy. You know, they're they're just you know superhuman, but. You you saw more of his personal life. Yeah, I love I love the journey. moments of, mm-hmm. of vulnerability between him and uh, Deborah. Right, her name is Deborah. Right. Um, his girlfriend. Yes, Deborah Johnson. Mm-hmm. His his girlfriend and the mother of Fred Hampton Jr. Uh, and and there were just these moments of vulnerability that that really highlighted his humanity. Right. Um, so he wasn't this just absolute soldier for the people. I mean, this guy was young. He was like 21. Right. They were all very, very and young. We were speaking about that. And I was like, could you imagine like at 21, this is what you have on your shoulders. Yeah. This is the life you live. Like that- to die so young, to have been in prison, to be to be shouldering um, the soul of a nation in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, gathering people of all sorts from all communities because there's moments like that in the film you know he talks to the rednecks he talks to the to the latinos he speaks to he speaks to the criminals or i I don't want to say criminals but i guess they were they were like the gang members it was 
pure um, humanity at play here. And he was just like, we're all fighting for the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Don't fight me. Fight the man. Fight the fight. Fight the government. Fight right. and the police. Fight the police who are who are who are misjudging you based off your class structure, You're persecuting you on a daily persecuting basis, persecuting you all based off your race yep. um, or your or your status. Your status is what I'm saying. Your class. Mm-hmm. It just fight them and go in terms of them and and he he had he had a lot to say yeah in regards to that and he was too powerful and jagger was a son of a bitch yes he's um, always played as a son of there is nothing hoover, human about jagger hoover but at all Hoover was a a total outright piece of shit person yeah. he 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 was a floored man who who hid his flaws by persecuting right. others yeah for sure um just a just an evil human but you know and, and, and history just does not paint him well in any form or fashion ever it never will he's he's just always going to be this guy but you know it's 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 interesting and, and when you're telling these stories i think that because we're seeing it through the lens of fred hampton's family i think that also lended itself why as to why we don't know as much about uh, Bill. Bill and I think but you know that's just the way of storytelling you're never going to know right. 100% of any story you're always going to get a, a one side to be a little heavier than the other but I yeah. think that they did a really good job with it it was it was it was very stylized it had mm. all of your the the set design and all the the art direction and everything it was beautifully done it, yeah. you felt like you were in the time for sure yeah. they got everything right with the cars the music was fantastic the clothing everything mm-hmm. felt real you know yeah. what I mean and they did not and Tawana and I were talking about this too it didn't feel like it could have been more about torture porn you yeah, know black but torture porn they like Detroit they didn't spend a lot of time nope. in that in that where they could have but they wanted to spend more time in the in the humanity of yeah. Deborah and what she was dealing with, and, yes. and what had happened to them in that attack, and, and what he, yeah, and so it could have been far worse, yes, far far worse. His whole his murder, but a lot of it felt more humane, and they were focusing more on like Deborah mm-hmm. and the individuals within the party that were there that night, right? Um, and, and even her relationship with Fred, that the moment where she was reading the poetry to him, and yeah. all of that, their their conversations were really really. Really right, good. Right, right. Which Fishback, uh, Daniel says that Fishback, uh, Dominique Fishback, uh, wrote that herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was interesting. And it was interesting how she painted him as a poet, which he truly was, if you think about his speeches, you know. Um, a, a great number of, of, of the members of the Black Panther Party were were poetic in their speech mm-hmm. but they were also they were also disciples of Malcolm X and so right. I mean even Fred like totally like memorized whole speeches right. of Malcolm's and, and diction and yeah they were and a, so and they, they studied it in a way that they had to because it was almost like the speeches from Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and all of those great people of that time were also sending a message to the people. And and so when you heard the speech, it was it was the cry. It was the it was the crying out for the people to hear us 
for us to for us to hear it and to move forward with whatever the action was. You know yeah. what I mean? It was our rallying cry to get people rah rah and ready to go. Right. You know because we were we were fighting everything and everybody yeah. was trying to kill us. So it was. Uh, but they they were speaking in the way in which they spoke. And if you've not ever heard any of these speeches, you should absolutely um, Google everything from Malcolm X. To yeah. to Black Panther Party Huey and all, P. Newton. Huey P. Newton, um, uh, Fred Hampton, uh, Kwame Torre. There were uh, so many during that time. Cleaver, uh, all of them. I mean, they had an enigmatic way of speaking, mm-hmm. which drew you in, but also spoke to you directly. Right. You would think it was something. It would be based on what Hoover described. You'd think it would be these savages that spoke, right. uh, terrorists, you know. And and they're not. They're speaking directly to the people and what they need and what they needed to know. Right. Um. And and and, and history is weird because it just recycles itself. Because we got Black Lives Matter and they're speaking in the same manner. Exactly. We're and they're protesting in the same Once again, way. We're still fighting for Black liberation. And we're still fighting for Black <laughs> liberation. And they're still trying oh, to poison goodness. the well against them yeah of course and and change the tide we weren't climbing capital walls but anyway right um <laughs> hello to that hello to that um <laughs> exactly so as you wow. were talking about the uh the look of it i wanted to speak to the cinematographer sean mm-hmm. um bobbitt who we've known before is an american cinematographer mm-hmm. he's 12 years a slave hunger shame Okay. Really great That's films. why it looks so good. Um, yeah, a place mm-hmm. beyond the pines, the rhythm section. These are all widows. These are all really good uh, films that had a powerful like uh, look to them. Powerful look to it. Mm-hmm. Really interesting shots. A total mix of historical footage, sound effects, uh, sound and music. All set the mood and tone uh, to the scenes, purposely designed to immerse you in the film experience. Right. Uh, we watched it with the soundbar, and it really sort of brings you in. Uh, just the heavy sounds of upright bass and the occasional uh, hi-hat, those sneaky symbols, all adds to tensions of moments, uh, very tense moments at the time. Yeah. Uh, really, really interesting takes of, like, uh, shots from, from, like, say, snail's eye view, uh, bird's eye view from up above, looking down onto something. Really, just interesting cuts, yeah. Like lots of like deep, um, deep uh, POVs and uh, single shots of people's faces, close-ups. Uh, really, really interesting. Really pulls you in to feel what was happening in the film at the moment. Right, and they, you know, it's it's funny when you think about uh, Lakeith's uh, performance in it. Lake of. He, I'm just fucking yeah. <laughs> Lakeith. Yes, Lakeith. When you think about his, you know, I have to work with that because I, I. I mean, I it, just it took me a minute to get it I'm right. I'm in a space where way. I never knew this man's name was Lakeith. So, I mean, Lakeith. I mean, Lakeith. Lakeith. It's Lakeith. So <sighs> sorry, sir. No disrespect to your name. What but. I can appreciate about his performance, yes. too, was that he gave us a lot of the, a lot of his. Uh, contradiction in his his uh, conscious yes. play just through his visual performances. There yeah. was not a lot of dialogue in no. the way of his distress, but no. there was a lot of moments. There were a lot of where, visual moments where he felt very anxious, or and you could see it. He looked like he, he was feeling it. guilty, or 
uh, not necessarily ang- remorseful, but there was a lot of anxiety around. No, there was remorse in, in a couple of parts, but it felt like he had a greater um, he had a greater weight on his shoulders than his conscience would mm-hmm. allow. Yeah, but we never knew what that greater weight was. We never knew was. that, and that was my problem. We never yeah. really knew what that was. But he seemed so troubled by doing the things. He was just like, "Let him go." Right. Right. He's in prison. He's going to prison. Just let him go. But, you know, Hoover and his infinite wisdom. Right. I was so, like, no, we must crush them. You know, so I'm I'm glad that we got to see that. And, and, yeah. and, and you know, that performance was, was interesting in a way that you don't really get to understand. And there were a couple of people in the movie from Get Out, which I yeah. thought was really cool just to well, see all of them working together again. Well, it's interesting because they had quite a a producer um powerhouse going on like the production was pretty big so you had uh macro which is charles king's right uh production company you had kugler who was also on there um uh shaka king who's the director who wrote and produced it was also on there so they had i would assume they had a lot of people that they the three of them had previously worked with Mm -hmm. um that pulled them in so I'm not surprised to see them working, and I'm I'm I was happy to see them. Yeah, because Little Rel was in it. Yeah, um, Little Rel, Daniel, uh, Lakeith. They were only missing what, like maybe one person, right? From Get Out, and that was right. it. But right. it's good to see them all working together. And I mean, that's reminiscent of uh, Spike. Right. Spike will continually bring people back, and use them, yeah. um, in yeah. his films. Which is good, but it's good to see people working in quality in quality work, and I was appreciative of the film, and I was happy to know that um, Fred Hampton Jr. and his mom were um, consults on right. this, which made me feel a little bit better about the content. Right, and you felt like you were going to get more authenticity and more yeah. accurate. It also felt like portrayals. a stamp of approval mm-hmm. because that family does not play. Right. <laughs> if you've ever heard, I've had the pleasure of hearing um, Fred speak, uh, you know, and Fred Jr. rather speak, mm-hmm. and he's very much like his father. Mm-hmm. So it's it's powerful. It's 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 uh, discerning, and it's really um, attentive. Like it pulls you in. They right. are, these men are not playing. But one thing I did appreciate about it because I was a little. I wasn't excited to see this movie. I just was like, oh, here we go again. But I felt like this, the way this was done, it wasn't too, it wasn't presented in a way that's just so trauma filled and, 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 yeah, over, and I didn't feel traumatized. But... Let's oppress these people yet again in, right. in, in a Hollywood film. Yeah. It, it felt like, oh, we're going to tell this story. And we, we already know. We already know we got the good guys and we got the bad guys. It's, right. it's your typical Western, because it's a Western. You, it's your typical Western kind of thing. But I feel like, you know, except our heroes wear black hats. So I can appreciate that. But mm-hmm. it was just, it was it was something that was done in a way that you kind of felt like everybody was a, a human, with the exception of Hoover. Well, I was very happy to see the humanity based. Everybody was a human. There was, there was real life. It wasn't caricatures of... Of blackness, there wasn't caricatures of 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 racists. There was just this. This is what it is. You know what I mean. And so, you know, I'm, you know, it's it's good. At least it's out there in the conversation, and 
it's something to add and they'll, I'm sure it'll be in, in next year's here's some selections of Black History Month movies like we, sure. like we've been getting this year like, like, right, so like everyone does right it'll be that but um well, at least it's not the help so right so <laughs> that we can we can say that we so, can say that it'll be Queen and Slim in this right so how do you um how do you rate this Tawana? Scale of one to five. Um, I liked it. I liked I liked the construction of it. I, I like um, I like how all the elements of the craft work together to achieve um, a successful film mm-hmm. that I think successfully told the story. You know, minus the Judas part, but that didn't bother me as much until you mentioned it. Right. Uh, the acting was was really good, like mm-hmm. really phenomenal. When you think that Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, is a British man and has a heavy British accent, and you never hear it. He does such a good job. Yeah, he does in portraying uh, uh, American accents, uh, and really brings you in. You you completely forget about it, and so I really appreciate um, all that was done to make this a more vulnerable humanitarian based film, right? And not one of just uh, murder and and trauma. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we get to see heroes um, of ours as a culture uh, be be highlighted in such a way right. that that there needs to continue on to be a part of the legacy that all people, not just black kids, all people need to view because right. this is American history. Yes, America was created, and 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 built upon the backs of people yes that whose stories need to be told so with that being said i mean i really like this i i'd give it a four and a half five i mean I don't, really, I don't really have a reason to not give it i guess i'll give it a, a four and a half because now that i understand the whole judas prospect that you have brought up i'll give it that because it's missing that a little yeah but other yeah. than that it was pretty good i think it was easy to watch um and i think uh it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't destroy you the way some films do. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it opens the mind up for people to go out and do some more research on the on yes, Fred Hampton. Yes, it definitely does. The, the Black Panther Party and not just these these weird old stereotypes of this terrorist black terrorist. They were not fucking terrorists. You know, just go and do your research and, and, and uh, read about you know these men and these yes. women that were a big part of the movement. And, Big part uh, of movement. and so uh, for a lot of parts of our freedom that right. we exist in and, and all over this country. So it's it's something to check out and uh, just do your work on that. I'm going to give it a four and a half because I wanted to know more about Bill. Yeah. But that's that's just, you know, I just needed to understand that, especially when you're you are you're labeling his, him as a Judas. And this Mandy totally was this biblical character has been around our, our lives and in so many stories for Generations. I, I always want to delve into Judas a little more. Right. But um, okay. But like what I said, know? I'm giving that. That's going to be a four and a half. Yeah. For me. But I, mean, I enjoyed watching it. I think it. I think essentially it was a great. Mm-hmm. It was a great title to give him, yeah. considering the story of Judas and Christ. Oh yeah, that's who he how, was. How he wanted <laughs> to be. You know, he wanted to be beloved like Jesus was, and he was brought in by the by the by the by the few coins they gave him to betray his messiah right and then ultimately killed himself from the from the shame so i mean pretty much similar it's really interesting take um 
But yeah, that was good. Check it out. What do you got to lose? Yeah. It is on HBO Max. Yes, it and if is. you don't have HBO Max by now, steal someone's code. <laughs> um, or, you know, throw some money at it. Whatever you want to do, just watch the film. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. You can, for sure. Let's go. <laughs> you know, I mean, who doesn't have multiple codes? Stop yeah. acting like you don't. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Tawana. But, um, oh, okay. Oh, the Willet is kicking in nicely. I'm, I'm, the the I'm kick kicking in? I like it now. So, what's next? Malcolm, Malcolm and Marie. Little Zendaya, boy. She's doing it. Yeah, she she's is. really. She's really moving into her, to her, she's really f- moving into herself as an actress. Yes. I mean, Euphoria in mm. this, which they have some similar ties with the director, Sam Levinson, uh, son of Barry. Yes. Um, also, another son, starring John David Washington, yes. Denzel and Paula's kid. Yes. <laughs> And I enjoyed him in this. He was good in this. He was good in this. Sometimes in Zendaya. Sometimes he gives me I don't know where where I'm supposed to feel about you because I'm trying not to make you Denzel. I want to see what you bring to the party separate from your daddy Um, because we all know Denzel. Right. And we all know how good Denzel is. Denzel is a good actor. He Um, is. And so, and even though I'm not feeling him, in you're the not last feeling his senior years. years. I'm not feeling him in the last ten years, but right, that's his senior years. I'm gonna I'm give him know, all of that he's done for us. I think he's also focusing more on directing and producing. And, producing. Stuff. Yes. and so the stuff that he's picking is just you know money makers. Yeah, but um, so I think he feels like his his greater his talents are are pushed off to some greater pursuits of pushing more work out. Right, and he's also trying to make sure that. Everything August Wilson ever did is put on screen. So right. I'm going so to go with that's that. That's his passion. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Right, right, right. So this film, Malcolm and Marie, uh, takes place as a filmmaker and his girlfriend return home from his movie premiere. Smoldering tensions and painful revolution, uh, I'm sorry, revelations push them toward uh, their romantic uh, relationships. Somehow I messed that up. But anyway. Did you have some Willet? I did have some Willet. <laughs> it's basically about their relationship is tested after they receive after they return home to look upon their critics' responses to his right. premiere. To his premiere that night. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Um one, this movie is absolutely beautiful. This this movie is stunning to watch because mm-hmm. it's in black and white. Very One, they're so. very beautiful people, and they're shot and they're lit in a way that amplifies that and treats black skin with respect. And you you felt it in just watching them and working the room. And we have a don't worry about this siren. You know we're in Harlem Studio USA, yeah. but um. I think it was just beautiful to watch and just the the location was 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 stunning the house was and how they used the house and 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 they moved around it he had a whole dance sequence through the house that was the only thing that was sort of reminiscent you of know, tarantino to me right in the very beginning he scene? had this whole dance sequence mm. in the house where he was kind of feeling he was in his celebratory mood from yeah, he was feeling them the too. success of his premiere and um you know and she was moving around the house and, and just 
how they used it and they would be inside and then outside and then inside and just in different ways and and um i really enjoyed that and they had a way of it definitely felt like a film that was done during the pandemic because everything was happening in in the space so you just had yes, to within one space get it all it was all there and you didn't have any of the trappings of your other typical kind of movies there was no special effects there was no no explosions there was no none of that there was just two people experiencing their life and and what was happening in their in their relationship Mm -hmm. just beautiful black and white images uh lighting silhouettes were beautiful really interesting shots really really interesting shots someone went around that house and played with it and all the angles it could produce uh really great editing uh good movement lots of movement um really good dialogue i thought the dialogue was interesting and uh impactful uh with with great depth at times mm-hmm. um that like you said the house was an absolute character right the property was a character and i thought that the actors in general just did a very good job right uh in this piece that was just essentially just the two of them mm-hmm. um Really, really like Zendaya. Yeah. I never knew Zendaya the way I think people younger than me knew Zendaya because Zendaya was like a... Wasn't she a Disney She person? was a child actress. And so I didn't know... If, like, my nieces know about her. My sister knows about her. My brother's younger than I. And so they have a different perception of her. Right. And much how we would have of Janet. So right. remember when Janet was in all those shows? Right. She was in um, 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 Facts good of times, Life, a Good Times, world. A Different World. Not I mean, a different not world. a different world. Um, um, different Strokes. Different Strokes. Yes. And so we got to know Janet as a baby. And then when Janet popped up with Control, you know, we would right. just. Right. And so I feel like Zendaya is doing that, too. Yeah, she so is. I think she sings, too, right? There's a whole thing where she sung, too. So yeah. so it's interesting to to notice her now cuz right. I knew of her but then like I'm like Euphoria which is also uh, part of Sam Levinson's uh background it, it was really interesting where she played this like uh drug addicted young girl mm-hmm. just to see her sort of tore down like that just like when when Halle Berry or um or Charlize Theron when they mm-hmm. tore down their beauty to to give more grittier in depth uh, performances, it was interesting to see her in that show, and now to see her here, right? I really, I really liked her performance, and it it was very reminiscent of uh, Diana Ross in yeah, Mahogany. Mahogany. She owned her body, she owned her persona, she owned like the swag and the beauty of right. her character. Yeah, she uh, she definitely did. Have a, a pure sense of herself in pure every way. Pure sense. She was firmly ensconced mm-hmm. in her character, pure and sense. so it made it so much more believable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she even made little little comments about her body, right. um, which you know had to be personally related. I mean, also these three guys are are the producers, right? So it's Zendaya, uh, John David, and Sam Levinson, right? All produced this as well. So they worked together as a team to. To create this, I'm sure that the two actors had uh, quite a lot to do with the script as well. You yeah. know, I'm sure they worked it out. And from my understanding, this project came about because they wanted they wanted something to do during the pandemic because they couldn't work. This was shot yes. secretly. 
Yeah. During the time. And, well, and um, they shot in Carmel, California, because it was the only place that wasn't given out. They didn't make you have to have permits to shoot. Right. And so they all got tested and stayed in this one house by themselves. So she did her own makeup. He did his own makeup. Yeah. They did their own wardrobe because that, that dress was a stunner Yeah, um, that she was wearing. Apparently, it's like a big deal. Women are like searching the internet for this trying shit. Trying to find now. that dress. Trying so she, to find this dress. She owned the dress. It, it, she it, owned that dress. It was sprayed on her body in the best beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how they used it and how she would would be in it right. was... And even when it was when she was stripped down, she right. was still as comfortable yeah. in her tank top and, yeah. and underwear right. that she was in that gown. Yeah, she was or in her or in the tub. Right. The or tub, in the tub scenes naked, are really interesting. You know. And and if you notice, they didn't really exploit her body at they all. They didn't exploit her body, but they did speak about feminism and how and they exploiting talked about that. Exactly. A woman's body exactly. by a male director is mm-hmm. very different. And I've spoken about that before in terms yeah. of like Wonder Woman versus the Justice League. Right. I've said how how the, it's so much different in in a in a woman director and a male director, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but they talked about that. Now that was the interesting about this film. Yes. They spent a lot of time really deconstructing the filmmaking process and the yeah. and the the movie industry. I think they really tapped into something really interesting there and the things we've been saying too right. and, and about how people process a film when it comes from a black director right. or from a woman or from a woman you know, and, or and, from a male telling a woman's perspective right. so they really delved into that a lot now. and yeah. um, for those people that you know did not study film I think it was an interesting conversation yeah I think they I think also they layman's it up a little bit because it was definitely cinephile geek talk going on for a minute where they were just talking about what uh filmmakers were uh Spike and John Singleton and uh Billy Wilder Mm -hmm. and uh, there were a few other people named and how they made the films and why they made the films juxtaposed to what people assume the films were about um, right. and why they were made. Uh, and so that that was a really interesting take on, on how they sort of jumped into that. Right. I really, I really like that. I mean, the story does pretty much squarely delve into the dynamics of this relationship, right? So it's their right. interactions, whether toxic, loving, supportive, you know, uh, their arguments, the ups and downs, um, of when things aren't said, mm-hmm. um, and that's pretty much how we start out. You know, it's things aren't said, and and they are revealed, and they're worked out. But it's if you've ever been in a long term relationship, and I'm not talking about a year, I'm talking about a few years. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you three, three and more. Right. <laughs> if you've been in a relationship for three or more years, you know this person inside and out. You've seen the dirty. You've seen the filth. You've seen the great things about them, and you know exactly where and 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 how to love them um, in the ways in which they need to be loved. Right. Um, but also, it's just all this was revealed. So, it's like, if you're if you've ever had an argument with your partner of a while, you know, of a few years. You understand how you push their buttons, how you say horrible shit, mm-hmm. how you come back and apologize, how you guys hit each other below the belt and then come back and be like, all right, damn, in the moment. And re- right. and, and, and what you may have, you know, um, 
had to deal with in that relationship joblessness drugs uh mental illness whatever right you whatever know, it is whatever it is that you've had to go through and deal with it and how that can sometimes build upon you and then it gets regurgitated back out to the partner right in because a toxic it becomes a way. situation of there was things that weren't said at the time when they may yeah. have happened when they may have happened they tend to boil over yeah you resentments I mean? that were built mm-hmm. and so this this was interesting in this take and now i know that we've discussed and i actually read some things up on how other people felt about the film mm-hmm. and have have a different take you know some people were like damn like because there are moments in which the the arguments are so intimate and intense that after a while you just feel like you need to leave right um you feel like you're that friend in the room and this dysfunctional couple friend of yours is like where the couple is fighting they're and, fighting and, there. and they're just talking shit that you should not be hearing mm-hmm. um and so and you i know, think we've all been in that we, situation at one point or another yeah I've definitely <laughs> tried not to argue in front of my friends right but we've also been in spaces where the little shit has been said while mm-hmm. you're and you're in a room with and your you friends, feel uncomfortable and you, you feel leave. uncomfortable and you're like nah i gotta get the fuck out of here right. y'all not y'all not good <laughs> Um, work that shit out and then we'll meet up mm-hmm. another time um, but it, it, it it's interesting to see where this takes you and I know we've been speaking about black love in a sense because we've been watching a lot of films about it and um, in all the dynamics of black love and, and, and how we are not a monolith we are just like everyone else we have varieties of levels of love Mm -hmm. and dysfunction and success and joy and how we live as others do live but aren't always shown that right and so while one of the people i read didn't completely agree with showing this Mm -hmm. within a black couple i think it's important for it to be seen because like I said, we are not a monolith. And so it's nice to see that we are human. Right. And uh, even at this level, it can be exhibited in that these were, this could have been any, the intersectionality of this was this, it could have been any couple. Yes. Um, could have been gay, straight, right. white, black, Asian. Any it, it race. Didn't, any race. It wouldn't mm-hmm. have mattered. Um, it was just a long-term couple that had been through some real crazy shit. And they were bringing it up in this one particular moment (laughs) that sparked the conversation. And the beauty of the the filmmaking was the fact that you felt like you were in the room with them. Yes, always. You know, you were you were that other character. You just weren't on screen, but you were you were in the room with them. You felt like you were in that. You were watching something you weren't necessarily supposed to see. Yeah. And uh, as you would be with your friends in in the middle of their argument, but I think that. Because they you you couldn't turn away from them because one the way they were filmed, one yeah. they were stunning to watch. They both were. It was just, very very pretty to you watch. You just had to look at them because you just couldn't. And even when you weren't looking at the two actors, you you wanted to see what was happening in this house. Was that house? Right. The like house, I said, it was its own character. The music, mm-hmm. which which they mention in the film, is a bit of a conscious. Right. thought of the characters at the moment right but you know music can do that music can really sing out what you can't say mm-hmm. and so that was also a character in the film yeah and so that was really interesting um and that's why i mentioned tarantino because yes. he uses music as a conscious piece yeah, so does way. spike yeah. so does um scorsese um and so it that was interesting and i'm sure inspired by those men oh i'm sure because I'm, sure. I'm i'm sure that 
Sam is a huge. Did you know Levinson has studied all of that. He studied everything, I'm right. sure. Um, I mean, having a father like Barry, how could right. you not? You couldn't. That's um, why the dialogue was also so good. That's why the dialogue mm-hmm. is really good. The dialogue was real. Um, the N-word is used a couple times. And I had a moment in which I was like, this is a white director writing this. But then I realized that he also worked with these two actors who are also black people. Right. People of color, I think Zendaya might be biracial. Right. Um, but uh, still people of color. Yes. Who who would probably have given him permission to say, listen, this is how we would have talked mm-hmm. in this conversation. So if you use this... And that's this, what it felt like. It didn't feel it gratuitous. It didn't feel gratuitous, like, say, in a Tarantino right. film. It, it wasn't like well, that at all. Well, he uses it 700 times because Sam Jackson's using right. it. Um, it's right. It's saying it. It, was, it definitely it, wasn't it like wasn't, that. It wasn't like that. But it did give me pause, mm-hmm. um, knowing the background of, of, of who was creating the film. But I did, I did really appreciate moments in the film where I was like, this guy's an asshole. And I'm like, oh, I've done that. <laughs> you know, afterward, we, we would have the conversation. I was like, damn. But I, now, but I understand where he was coming from. Right. I understand he was in a, in a space in which, you know, too much has happened to him with her. And right. he's resentful or, right. you know. And even in, in, in how she was... In how she would attack him, it was yeah. it was in the same it was in the same vein where they had spent a lot of time with each other. They mm-hmm. had, they'd been in some situations with each other where there were some hurtful moments. There were some some yeah. bad times, but because they were so busy trying to persevere and move forward, yeah, you know, they didn't necessarily dig into them at the time. Right. But I think it all just kind of came out in this moment. And right. you know, one one thing that was interesting to me was that that period where. You know, he was, you know, laying it down to her about all the, the women he had been with in yeah. his past and all this other stuff. And she did this thing. That was a hurtful part. Where she was like, well, you know, and, and that's, that's I think, to me, it spoke to how men and women are, mm-hmm. you know, and how, you know, we do this. We, we check. Right. We have a checklist of people and things and right. experiences where women, you guys don't. We don't do that. Y'all don't do it in that same way. So it's, it was we a don't do it. And we very don't, interesting way to do it. We don't want to do it because we also don't. Uh, we don't want to know. Well, I, I mean, I think I. I was going to say, I think I speak from a different stance because I'm uh, an MLC woman. Mm-hmm. But then again, no, because I'm still a woman. So. Even though I don't care about your exes and I don't care about what what they look like or what they did for you, mm-hmm. at some point in me, I probably would have cared. But anyway, mm-hmm. I, I say all that to say, like, we don't normally want to hear about the last one because we want to be the one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to be the one that wakes you up in the morning with, with breakfast or the one that the one that stands by your side better than anyone else. We, we just want to be uh, that one more than anything else. Right. And so I, I, thought, I thought all that was really interesting, how they really just broke down the dynamics in, in, in um, I could say gender, but it would work. It, it would, would work anyway. It would work in any way. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, with, within, within all relationships, one, people take on titles Right. Even though they may not say like within 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 a homosexual relationship, they may not want to be um, so linear. So so what's the word? Uh, 
I forget the word, but it, it it's they don't heteronormative. They don't want to be so mm-hmm. heteronormative, but right. they want. But we wind up taking on those roles inconsequentially, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, I thought I thought all of that was really interesting, and uh, what I, what I like about it is. They could have stopped at the toxicity of it all, but they did continue to break down mm-hmm. how they felt and, you know, and what they could do better by it. Right. And how things could be more. Well, see, that was the magic of it. Because yeah. it, you're right. It could have just been a, yet another stereotypical couples yeah. breaking up. They're arguing. Horrible. It's, it, you know, you say Goodbye. bad things to each other, you know, and then you right. break up and you leave. But right. they, they move way past that. They move to, past that to, to try the, and deep Right. To, they dissolve it. Deeper. They yeah, dove deeper. deeper into it. And it got very emotional for both of them. And they were able to present it. And there was no there was no fear in the emotion. Yes. She was expressing emotion. He was expressing emotion in a very natural way. One, because they had so much intimacy with each right. other. Yes. But in, in, as, in a relationship with someone, I would hope that you have that kind of intimacy right. with them. And the actors really seemed to be intimate with one another. Yes. It was very believable. Yeah. But, uh, but They had know, to spend a lot of time with each other. They spent a lot of time with each other in this house. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they, they were able to do a lot. And I feel like, like you said, we were saying as you, you were watching it, I felt like they were working together. They were working like they were together. trying to pull the best performances out of yeah, each other. Yeah, they were definitely working to pull the best performances out of each other. So and I think that probably brought them closer too. Yeah, I think that probably brought them closer as well. And I really like how Zend- Zendaya's character just really um, solidly sat in, in, in the shit that she had done, but was like, I understand I did a lot of shit, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I, I shouldn't be respected, I shouldn't be cared for, I shouldn't. And you know, with within relationships that have long term, um, that you've been in long term, there can be a bit of codependency, and mm-hmm. there was some codependency in here, and that's fine. Codependency is fine as long as you know where your lines are, where your boundaries lie, and 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 when and when things are called out, you participate in right. in the resolution of of the issue instead of running from it or just placing blame. Right, and just so everybody knows, this all happens in one night. So this all happens in one night after a premiere right. that he's that he's a film that he's made. Um, that this cherished film that he's been working on, and so they go home afterward to sort of like right. decompress and check their check the critical reviews. And right, like and so there, there was no time because it all happened in one night. There was no there was no time to reflect back. So they had to do all of the argument. Yeah, all in, the argument in the was one in there. Span. There was no time to and we find wake out. up the next day yeah. and, and and have some no, kind of resolution. No, no. We find out everything within that night. Yeah. So and, that that was what was it, what was interesting about it, but yeah. what would be annoying as hell if you were in the relationship that you just you can't go to sleep until this thing is right because I was like, damn, to a conclusion. can we stop fucking fighting? Right, because <laughs> we both felt like, well, is this fight going to end I now? I was like, uh... and then and the next thing you know, somebody would walk into the room and here we go again. Yeah, like you felt like it was over and then right. it wasn't over, <laughs> and you felt like it was done and then it wasn't done, and then it was one more quip and one more thing, and then I'm like, damn. You know, there was a lot of below the belt, but then, you know, they try to... It, it was interesting how they would go back and forth between being sweet and intimate with one another and showing their love and then jumping back into the argument again because right. I guess it just wasn't finished. But what I did appreciate, it wasn't like they were bringing up old shit. You know how sometimes you have an old fight? 
and then it keeps coming back. They brought some old shit up, but, it but was, they were trying to it resolve it. It was old shit as it was something that they needed to solve. That's what I'm saying. It they wasn't were like an old fight. You know, no, sometimes you have fight. old fights that rear its ugly head. Yeah, but they had old shit that they right. needed to really talk about right. and and really work out. Right, because a lot of times when you're when you're dealing in old fights, those things bring up a whole. Well, it wasn't other... like a "you're the wrong one and I'm the right, right one." It right. was like I'm upset because blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah, and then the other person didn't want to resolve that because they didn't want to be guilty. Yeah. Um, but I think in a, as a whole, I think we've got some really interesting films about relationships. Yeah. And I think. I don't know about you guys, but it's been very introspective for me and has allowed me to like look at myself. Not that I haven't already because it's a pandemic. What else am I doing? Um, but, <laughs> you know, it's, it's given me a, a, a look into my own self and, and how I participate right. in my relationships and how I participate in the world as a person mm-hmm. and, and and made me be real introspective of who I want to be and how much further I can go. Right, right. Um, because, you and know. how you want to be in your next relationship. And how I want to be in my mm-hmm. next relationship and, and, and how, you know, my culture and my sexuality, all the intersectionalities of me mm-hmm. is not a monolith. And, and, and everything's so interchangeable. you're learning something new about yourself, too. Oh, continually. Even in this process. And, and, and continually. I think the pandemic has kind of made it happen for everybody but i think you're right yeah. when when you start to when you start to see these kinds of movies and right. content that you you start to reflect in right. what you bring to the table right. and how you were yes and, or how you're being because exactly. sometimes you don't see how you're being until it's reflected no. back at you exactly in a character well you know art imitates life as the saying goes and life imitates art so we never know where the beginning is and the end right. the chicken chicken or the egg, egg right mm-hmm. And so all that's important is, and I will actually reach out and say, don't be afraid to look within yourself. This is a, yeah. this is a gift, a blessing that we have right now right. is to take quiet moments because there's nothing but that right now. Right. And, and, and look within to see who you are, what you've done. Forgive yourself and move forward, resolve it and move forward and, 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 and start anew because yeah. otherwise... What are you going to do? Right. But anyway. Exactly. I'm giving this one a five because I really enjoyed this movie. I did like this film. Yeah. I did like this film. Not in the ways in which I thought other people liked it, but I did like it. And mm-hmm. I thought I wasn't going to watch it again, but I might just yeah, watch it's it again. Me, it's giving me some food for thought because I was thinking about it even at the shower. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> this is interesting. This is interesting. I want to think about this some more. Well, we've been so happy that you've been here. Yeah, for sure. Um and I'm, I'm glad we can just have these conversations with you all. I hope it's helped. Mm-hmm. I hope it's helped you to understand these films a little better, maybe yourself a little better. Right. So, you know, if you like this episode, please be sure to like, share, and follow us on all our social media platforms. That is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, SoundCloud. Uh, SoundCloud, where we host, right. Spotify, and Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. You know, make sure to tell us what you like what you don't like what you want us to review make sure you use the hashtag hashtag bbm podcast that's hashtag bbm podcast and let us know what you want us to drink yeah. what do you want us to watch we're open hey, for it we're open for hell i mean uh fight with us if you want to but be be respectful because i get down <laughs> all right uh 
<laughs> so does Vaughn. Oh, yeah. But we're so happy that you're here <laughs> to listen to us gab on about films endlessly. Right. So happy you came. Yes. This is Beer Bourbon. And a movie. And a movie. Get you some heifer. Yo, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs>